Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing the Gospel of Mark in the 10th chapter, and um, we're in the middle of an episode that Jesus had the last couple of times gathering together here where a young man came up to him and you know, asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered him. And uh, it, it wasn't the answer that the young man had wanted because Jesus says, you lack one thing. You need to go and sell all your possession and give to the poor. In other words, uh, unburden yourself for that. And you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. The important thing about that is to come and follow me, okay? We hear a lot of emphasis about the go and sell and possessions and giving to the poor and that kind of thing and all that uh, we're to do as the Lord leads us, okay? But the come and following me is really, really important. Well, the young man left saddened and actually grieving because he owes so much property. Well, Jesus saw that. And remember how when Jesus first saw him, uh, uh, Jesus' heart was poured out toward a young man, Okay? He, he really wanted to uh, <coughs> bring him the following. But now the disciples are standing there. Jesus sees them, and he says to the disciples, you know, it's really hard for those that are wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Well, you have to enter the kingdom of heaven as the child does. You have to enter it by belief, by believing, not by what you can do, not by what you can attain, not by what you offer or anything like that. And Jesus had some hard statements. He said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, the disciples were even more astounded and astonished by that. Then they said, well, who can be saved? And Jesus just flat out said that with people it's impossible. With what you do by your empowerment and who you are by your gifts and your skills and your et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Well, Peter responds to that. So here we are in Mark chapter 10, verse 28. And Peter said to Jesus, Behold, we've left everything and followed you. So that's an interesting response. It's so petrant, and it's so much like Peter. And, you know, depending upon how you emphasize that, you can make him sound like a jerk, or you can make him sound introspective, or you can make him sound sort of longing. I mean, anyway, he could have said, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. In other words, Master, we have done that. We've set aside everything. We've left everything for you. Or he could have said, well, behold, Lord, look, we, we've left everything and followed you. Or he could have been say, saying, like I said, even more introspectively, you know, behold, we have left everything and followed you. Peter had left a, a, a wife. We know he had a wife. We know he had a mother-in-law. You know, did any other, other ones have wives? Well, when you uh, see what Paul had to say about it later on, many years later, they did. Uh, and they would have had children. And so Peter's just making this observation, this statement, at a multitude of levels. What Jesus responds to this in verse 29, Jesus says, I truly say to you, there is no one who has left a house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake. Now let me just stop in the middle of the sentence right here. Notice Jesus is detailing some things right here. And I would not be surprised at all if the very things that he's saying right here were the things that were on the heart of the disciples that were listening at that moment. Okay, We know that they left their house. 
left the house and they brothers, some would have had brothers and some sisters, mothers and fathers were still alive or children or farms. Were the disciples there that were concerned about that and wondering about that? They had left their farms. We know that they left their livelihoods. We know that from Peter, James, and John, you know, fishermen, that kind of thing. But notice why you leave, for my sake and for the gospel's sake. He says there's nobody who leaves these things, and if you leave it for my sake and for the gospel's sake, in other words, for seeking me, for following me, what he had said to this young man for coming and following, following him, no one that does that for the gospel's sake or for Jesus' sake, then the next verse he says is, continues the sentence, but that he will receive a hundred times as much. Now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Oh, well, Jesus just adds some things here, doesn't he? He comes back and he says, if you leave these for my sake and for the sake of gospel, you're going to receive a hundred times as much of what you left in this present age, in this life. Now, that doesn't mean that if you leave for the sake of the gospel one wife that you're going to gain a hundred wives. <laughs> no. What is he saying here? Or a hundred houses or hundreds and thousands of brothers and sisters. He's saying that when you leave for my sake, and for the gospel's sake, when you follow me, you have gained an, a family that is worldwide, the body of Christ. You need shelter, they'll provide it for you. You need one to speak a motherly word of advice into it, you'll have it. You have brothers and sisters. You have other children. You have farms. But then Jesus threw this in, along with persecutions. Along with persecutions. He's drawing their attention about some things that are going to be coming. He's been telling them this. He says, yes, you have come. You have followed me as you should. But you need to realize that I'm going to provide even more for you, but you're also going to be persecuted. And then he says this, and in the age to come, eternal life. So in this present age, you're going to receive 100 times more than anything that you th think that you've given up. Okay, But you're also going to receive persecution. In the age to come, you're going to receive eternal life. Then one more verse that Jesus speaks with this, verse 31 of Mark 10. Jesus continues, But many who are first will be last, and the last first. And so the other Gospels give us uh, more insight. And you actually see this in a couple places, I think. The idea uh, being this, that they were the first right here to believe. Okay. And they thought uh, that they were going to receive uh, all sorts of things in this life. There's Their greatest thing is going to be in the life to come, the eternal life. As a matter of fact, all but one of them would be martyred, okay, would be martyred. They would be persecuted to that degree. So don't keep your eyes and attention on this, that I'm the first and I'm the foremost and that kind of thing. Remember the undercurrent of the argument that was always going on uh, with the, immediately uh, the apostles, the twelve. Uh, that who's the greatest, you know, who's the greatest. And he's been telling them this. You want to be the greatest? you got to be the least. The ones first will be last. The last will be first. He actually gave a parable about that. You remember the one where the guy went out and hired people, and he hired some at 6 o'clock and some at 9 and some at 12 and some at 5, and he gave them all the same wages, <laughs> you know. The five, the ones that came in in the last moment of the day, received the same 
wage, the same salary as those that have worked all day long. It brings things into perspective, does it not? Well, anyway, thank you so much for your time. I'm Dale. I'll see you in the next episode.